What up, what up? Welcome to the Cast of Color, a show where a group of diverse creatives discuss all things film, TV, and entertainment. My name is John Carter. I am joined by my boy, Gerardo Molita. What's happening, man? What's happening? A, a, we are joined <laughs> on this episode by a very special guest, a uh, longtime friend of mine. Uh, she is an LA and IE stand-up comedian. She is from the IE. She's performed at places like the Comedy Store in Hollywood. She's a frequent host of the Iron Bark, Cider, and Chatterbox. Karina Sagon, how are you? <laughs> yes, yes. And and the last name, I got it right, Sagon. It's supposed to be Sagoon. It is Sagoon. supposed to have those two little dots over the U, but I was too lazy growing up. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like Sagan, Sagoon, however you say it. I don't it's no big deal. Uh, so good it is. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. We're so and glad to have you. Lot. Yeah. Thank you for having lot. your name. Never <laughs> 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 met yeah. anyone with an umbalot in their name. Is that what it's called? I know. Yeah. Yes. I actually, I actually know that because a Guitar Hero three, there was a character called the uh, Lars Umbalot, and he had like a the umbalot at the beginning of his name. <laughs> so that's, how, that's how I learned that. <laughs> so it's not just called two dots above a letter. It's a, it has a name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <It's Nice>. <laughs> well, uh, just to give a quick little outline of the show before we open up the garage door here, <laughs> the wife has to get out. Um, we're going to do our normal entertainment updates, minus the boy Joe. Gerardo and I get to uh, go ahead and hit that up. Our diversity report is actually going to be a nice little interview with our guest, Karina. And then we're going to have our movie review. And the movie review of this week is coming to America. Yes. The second one. <laughs> we have to make that <laughs> distinction because if you just hear it, it literally is the same thing. But on paper, it's different. <laughs> some, some poor planning on that one. Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 it sounds like the same movie. <laughs> it sounds like the same movie. And if you Google coming to America, Google is like, OK, what the, which one are they searching for? Damn it. <laughs> so that's our that's our outline for uh, this week's episode. Uh, again, listeners, thank you for following. Thank you for listening to these weekly episodes. So let's get straight into these entertainment updates. This time it's going to be me and the boy Gerardo. And off top, Gerardo, what we got, my guy? So we're going to be starting off with uh, Space Jam. Earlier this week, we got some screenshots from the movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, and I don't, you know, whatever. It's not for us, I guess, but <laughs> like I'm not really about it. Yeah, yeah. I have my own thoughts. I have a. I've been thinking about Space Jam for a while. So before I get into that, Karina, how do you feel about this uh, Space Jam news with LeBron James? I so I wasn't a big LeBron James fan when he was in Cleveland, but now that he's with the Lakers, I can kind of get on board. That like, <laughs> same. I, I think I'm more like just accepting. Okay, this Space Jam movie again might not be for us. It's for another generation. Let them have their guy michael jordan was ours um i'm i'm warming up to it i think anything yeah. lebron does will be in good taste I'm yes <laughs> yeah I, I feel you i feel you it's, it's really just a matter for me similar it's accepting of it and also it's when Space Jam came out, I felt like a lot of it was created around Michael Jordan and around who he is. So kind of the premise of, of it is really based on Michael Jordan when you watch Space Jam. And yeah. it was his own thing. And when you see LeBron, who we know is like the next, the next generation greatest basketball player of all time, 
it's like leave Michael Jordan with Space Jam because that was his own thing. I'd rather yeah, see LeBron should, do something different. Just yeah, they should have like gone with like LeBron movie, maybe with Looney Tunes, but not like exactly Bro, Space Jam. Maybe not you that know? title, man. Say that it was inspired by Space Jam. Well, Say, it's, like, it's, it's it's probably going to be the same plot. Like some, some, of that, <laughs> yeah. some of that stuff, it's probably you know what I mean. It's like one of those. It looks like one of those remakes where it's gonna be beat for beat. Yeah, but uh, you, I mean, you have a daughter, so it's a little different for you because I mean, like you're you're gonna have to watch this. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I will it's be like, forced to, and I will enjoy it. That is the the good thing about being a, a dad with a daughter is that you watch all the latest kid shit. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you, and, and you really and have yeah, to. and you see it through her, you know. So like, if she likes it, she's not gonna obviously be comparing it to the original space. Oh, absolutely. Stuff, so. We're far and more I mean, critical. Yeah. I mean, that's who it's for, but um, but yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not feeling it gerardo <laughs> nah i don't hate it that's a strong word i'm like so indifferent about it i'm like it doesn't need to yeah I, for, from all the remakes that, that that don't need to be made i feel like this one really doesn't need to be made yeah <laughs> like, i feel you, know? you i feel you i feel like it's going to be one of those reboot sequel type of things that is just paying homage to yeah the old thing which a lot of movies these days seem like they're just like sequels that were made up because we had the technology and people are feeling nostalgic and now they're being made with just paying homage to the yeah. fucking first one so that's space jam so we'll see about that uh yeah. up, up next we got wandavision which just ended a, a couple days ago for us at yeah, this point yeah yeah um did you guys both watch the the finale of that? Were you guys able to watch? It? I watched the first half of the episode. I didn't watch the second half yet. Nice. What? Oh, I watched the whole thing. Oh my goodness! I have so many questions that I don't want to give spoilers away, but I feel like a lot of things were left unanswered. Yeah. And I know this was a series finale, so it's done. I understand right. the setup for Doctor Strange, but that being said. There are some things I was like not a fan. Me, of, yeah, I don't want to. Me, me too. I think it felt it felt really flat. Um, because it was trying to build itself up, uh, with with this mystery element, and at the end of it, it was like the mystery didn't matter. <laughs> it wasn't a mystery, <laughs> and um, they just try to play play with that for nine episodes, and and it felt like a lot of filler to me, and uh, especially yeah. watching it week by week with just twenty minute episodes, it felt like everything is just setting you up for the end of the episode sting, and. The show might have been, I feel like it would have been a lot better if it was um, released all at once, if it was more more of a binge thing, which I feel like that's how they filmed percent. it. That, 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 I feel like that was the intent until Disney was like, well, we need these people to, they saw The Mandalorian. With The Mandalorian, the second season especially, it kept people subscribed for so long yes. that Disney, mm -hmm. um, they like to they like to have the shows cross over the, the month line. So that way uh, you got them in for the month, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh yeah, I feel like one division was just like an extension of that. Uh, I I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more if, if it came out like in, in more of a binge binge way than than weekly. And yeah, um, I have. But to even, even even then, I I, th I think it would still fall pretty flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I I could appreciate the the creative aspect behind it and creating this kind of universe, and then I I can the sitcom aspect, like I get it. But when it's episode by episode, week by week, those first three episodes were tough, man. Like I didn't, I couldn't even get through those until like week five, really? week four. You know what I mean? I'm like, I couldn't imagine watching this week by week, expecting something really dope the next week. It's like, it was a lot of, like Gerardo, I said, it feels like a lot of filler. So uh, yeah, it's a serious finale though. And, <laughs> and, and that's it. Yeah. Welcome I to the pod, Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> we are, we are super, we are critical. <laughs> That's we that are. You could get in 
I liked WandaVision for what it was. If you weren't, if you don't know the Marvel universe, it's good as it stands on its own mm-hmm. as like an entertaining show. And if you're a TV buff, like I loved the first few episodes because I love old TV and I right. love all the, all the nods and the Easter eggs. I think that for a Marvel, if you're into Marvel and you know the universe, it's slow, it's filler. We already knew a lot of the stuff. They had to do a lot of explaining. When I'm like, yeah. we already knew this. They're just like reiterating. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they they show us what they've been explaining for years, and it's like. Yeah, I know this. So you didn't have to waste five minutes on it. Um, yeah, you know. flashbacks and things that we already know. Yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah, point. If, if you don't know the Marvel universe, I think it's a good show to get into it. Really, um, I, 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 I thought it would be really confusing. Like, if you didn't know, like the, if you hadn't seen like the the movies, maybe, maybe I think you could get away with watching just the Avengers movies because there's like four of those. But like, sure. but like, if you didn't see anything before, I feel like that it would be. I don't know. I, I'd be, I'd be, because some of the stuff they would bring up, I'm like, man, that'd be really confusing if I didn't watch a movie. They, it just sound, it would just sound yeah. like nonsense. Some of the lines they say, um, yeah. mentioning some of like the movie moments. I don't know. I was, I don't know. Uh, end of the day, end of the day, not not too big on this show though. Um, what yeah. about you guys? Uh, would you guys rewatch it or recommend it to someone? I I would say, uh, I I would tell someone to watch it if they have absolutely like nothing else to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, but probably both. I, I will likely, I may catch myself watching it here and there, but not the first few episodes, just maybe one of the episodes in the future. I would recommend someone else watch it, um, but it may be confusing, a little confusing to them. But that's that's how I feel about WandaVision. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you agree with him, Karina? No, of course. Nice. Okay, cool. So nice. we got through WandaVision. We got through Space Jam. Up next here, we got uh, so Georgia and and Ginny. Is that the name of the show, right? Georgia and Ginny. Ginny. The Netflix show. Yeah. Yeah. That, that always confused me when I was reading uh, Harry Potter when I was younger. Um, Ron's younger sister is called Ginny. Ginny Weasley. Ginny. Ginny. Ginny I, I, yeah. <laughs> I always read it as Ginny when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> then you share it in the movie. It's like, oh my god. Exactly. <laughs> uh anyways uh so this show um i don't i don't know too much about this show uh earlier in the week our other our other guy uh host joe he sent us a, a clip of of this show it was really corny the boy uh, we'll probably throw that up on on the instagram that'd be pretty funny to throw up on the oh it, it would be yes yes and when you see it karina you know exactly what we're talking about <laughs> it's, 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 it's 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 very corny um so uh with that context uh they they did a show uh, I mean, they did a, a joke where they mentioned uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, one girl says to another teenage girl, uh, you go through more guys than Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift took offense to this and went to Twitter and even went a- as far as adding Netflix and saying that um, after mm. the release of a Miss Americana, that this type of thing being on Netflix is unacceptable and, and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Um well, I, I think the joke itself isn't all it says is you're going through more guys. I can mean a myriad of things. I can mean you just date a lot. That doesn't mean you're, you know, yeah, yeah she went, it doesn't yeah. mean you're having sex. It would be different if you say you, you F a lot of guy, more guys in Taylor Swift. But it's like you, you go through more guys. I mean, you can go on a date and then be over with that guy. So it's and uh, teenage, teenage girls. Yeah, exactly. So it's like for you to go out of your way 
to, to say, to reach out to Netflix, it's like, okay, Taylor, I mean, if yeah. it really means that much to you. I'm, I'm I, I, I will say it is like kind of like an outdated reference. You could tell that it, it was written by a, by a woman, the, uh, the script, and it was performed by women. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the, uh, the, the writer, you could tell that she's kind of older if, if that's the type of joke she's writing. <laughs> yeah, like, Taylor, like, I don't think the kids nowadays are like, oh, Taylor Swift goes through so many guys. Like, no one was, is. That was like, like 2012. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Taylor Swift was really even popping when I was like just graduated high school in 2010. You know what I mean? She had yeah. hit songs out. So it's like, yeah, that reference itself is from that joke isn't even good. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Karina? I agree. I feel like those jokes definitely happened a while ago. Also, <laughs> on that note, I mean, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan from a long time ago when she was oh. like, so. are you a Swifty though? Like, like the, the scary Twitter Swifties? No, no, no. And <laughs> I, I don't think I've listened to a Taylor Swift album since like 2013 or 14. Um, <laughs> But she does have a lot of songs that reference a lot of different guys. I can think of Dear John, Hey Steven. Uh, like, if you're gonna yeah. put your business name out drop. Way, you're up for criticism. And right. that's just, if I, as a comedian, if I spent a lot of my material talking about all the guys I dated, then like, I'm up for that. That opens the door for people to make a comment sure um, so be ready to hear it if that's what you want to do with your art which is yeah. okay but also i mean she, yeah on, on, you on top of millions that. of dollars who cares <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly you're rich you're, uh, isn't she like one of the world's richest women like that would like, not surprise she, me she's she one of the so world's richest inter entertainers i think i think when one of the years she was like the world's richest inter inter like musician or something like a couple of years I back yeah yeah absolutely and it's like it's like uh what what my problem is with it it's like this is like the what you're choosing to to do right now like last summer she was quiet during everything uh Why? For, a, for a bit you know and it's like and then later out on she came out with the anti-racism thing but initially you know she she didn't say much uh yeah. And, th and this is what you go come out guns guns a blazing right, with, you know? right. does like, she have a black square on her damn instagram page <laughs> <laughs> does she have a fucking black square Damn it! <laughs> I mean, at this point, just own it. Be like, yeah, I used to date a lot of people. So what? I feel like if you're more dismissive about it than defensive, then like it causes more, it brings more attention to it. That, yeah. That you really don't need. Yeah. The ownership, own it and be proud of it. It's, and then that's, it's like, that's what's cool. It's like, I, it just comes off as so entitled to like straight up just like at Netflix. Like, hey, absolutely. At, ne at Netflix, this is unacceptable. Like, uh, oh, man. Yeah. What well, Netflix is too big already. Sorry, Taylor. They're, they're just too big now. Yeah. They did. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like they distributed your movie. Ms. Americana was on there. Her her propaganda film, <laughs> <laughs> the Taylor Swift propaganda film. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that movie. Uh, all these movies. Um, it's a little aside here, but those movies are kind of weird, right? The movies that kind of like they feel like propaganda for for artists. Like uh, in a way that they're they're telling their stories. Well, or... The Taylor Swift one felt a little more like propaganda than some other ones, but there was like the, the you know the Katy Perry one from back in the day and everything. It, it's yeah. like almost like creating like a narrative. It's like it's like pop star, but in real life, it's weird. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that Katy Perry one was huge back in the day too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that one even called? Uh, Teenage Dream? No, I don't know. Uh, Fire, firework, I, real life. Oh, uh, firework. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love I Fire Engine. <laughs> Very motivating <laughs> song. <laughs> that movie came out around the same time as uh, Believe, <laughs> the Justin Bieber uh, movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Favorite. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one was cool, though. Never Stop, Never Stopping. That's the other one. That's um, Andy Samberg making fun of Justin Bieber. His movie is uh, <laughs> Never Stop, Never Stopping or something like that. I'm going to look Yeah, pop star, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, pop star. Yeah, that we've talked about pop star before with Andy Samberg. Yeah, and it was that it was him making. <laughs> yeah, consider that. Oh, okay, cool. so so I think that does it for the the entertainment uh, update. Noise, noise. Okay, that is it for the entertainment updates. Thank you, Gerardo. So this week's diversity report. Every week we have a diversity report where we highlight different aspects of inclusion in the industry, or just certain topics or articles we think are relevant and entertaining. Uh, this week, we're just going to have a little interview with our guest, Karina, and kind of get into her background, you know, being a comedian and all that, and just your journey in comedy. And, you know, being a, a show here that we highlight inclusion, we do want to ask questions like, hey, how is your perspective, you know, being a female in comedy, you know, a male-dominated industry? So, uh, yeah, we're just going to get right into it here. So you're you're from Claremont, born in Lakewood. Born in Lakewood. I actually, I moved around a lot. I've lived in Lakewood, Downey, Montclair, Claremont, Glendora, back to Claremont. I've kind of been like all like up and life. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, same. But same. Now, I'm, I've stayed put in Pasadena the past couple of years. So. Oh, okay, cool. So that's where you're currently at. You're currently in Pasadena? Yes, sir. Oh, that's uh, dope as fuck. Yeah. Love it. It's it's like 15 minutes from downtown, and I'm still oh, like nice. close enough for the IE because my parents still live in Claremont. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I gotta make my way back down there sometime. Nice. I feel Once everything opens up again. Yeah, you're right next to downtown, and that that it's popping like every weekend. So, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, if you're not familiar, you have L.A. All right, so L.A. is pretty much right by the beach. You go a little more east off of what's the 210 freeway. Yeah, Pasadena big city a lot of just a lot going on in Pasadena though I love it because it's a big city but it's not too big like LA it has a lot to offer places to eat venues all that then you come more east and you got the Inland Empire that's where a lot of us are from so um yeah I've moved around a lot my damn self I mean from born and raised in Upland and then went to the military and find myself back in the IE but Karina and I, we worked at Chili's in West Covina together. So that that's how Ooh. we <laughs> come on, come on, get uh, Chili heads. I, I quick shouts to, to to the boy Carl, uh, Carl Leslie. Man, he is always showing me love. He just he texts me. He's a general manager at Chili's, but he'll text me when I have these life moments when I get married or have a kid or something. He's he's a reference yeah. for me. So shouts to the boy Carl. But that is why I met Karina. I remember one of the first shifts we worked together. I think you were bartending. I think I was like cocktail or something. Um, So I was working in the bar area. We just got to talking. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm an actor. And um, you're like, oh, yeah, I I do comedy. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean, though, you do comedy? I mean, you are a stand-up comedian. And I just have to say, as an actor who, for the most part, performs other people's words and work and pieces... There's a certain level of respect I have for someone who just creates their own, goes on stage up to a microphone and tries to make people laugh. 
So uh, uh, my, one of my first questions for you, for your, your comedy experience, Karina, is um, your perspective. How, how is it being, do you think about being a female in comedy? Do you just go up there and just do your thing in this relatively male dominated field? I, well, I've never been afraid to be up in front of people. Uh, since I was like in elementary school, I loved doing like magic shows for my cousins. I was in like improv, improv camp. So oh. I had no problem being like, yeah, up on stage in front of people. Um, I think it was, um, I lost my train of thought. Cool, guys. <laughs> so when did you know? I'm glad you mentioned improv, though. So when did you know, Karina, that you were funny? Was there a moment or an age, a time where you knew, okay, I'm funny enough to go on there and possibly make a living out of this? Well, I didn't know that you could do that with stand-up. So, like, I my journey to find stand-up took 28 years. But I was, oh, like, shit. doing – I would do, like, plays at school, and I did improv camp, but I Got didn't know it. that – stand-up was a very self-motivated thing that like you're only as good as how much work you put into it mm -hmm. and I didn't know that you could just go to places and do stand-up it wasn't until like three years ago that I discovered open mics so, um, so is that like in L LA there's a lot or Pasadena or where, where is there like a lot of open mics for for that type of stuff well, my first open mic was in the Inland Empire. Claremont used to have Claremont Flappers in the village area, which was a little comedy club. They shut down, but that was my first open mic, and that was in 2018. Nice. But, um, and then there was a couple little ones here and there, like Don Terra Improv had like an open mic once a month that you would be there for two hours and you might not even get up. Um, oh, the one right next to the mall? Yeah, yeah, right there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's way more mics down in LA, but there's a lot more popping in the Inland Empire now that there's kind of been like a spike of comedians um, locally in the Inland That's cool. Empire. That's really cool. I, I would think that because of the way that is it, it's an open mic, it, it really gives you a chance to work on your craft often and consistently if you're just willing to give the time, if you're willing to go when it's like 10 p.m., 9 p.m., you know what I'm saying, and might not be called up. But I think with that kind of format, the open mic atmosphere gives you a lot of room to just improve your craft all the time. So, uh, For sure. That, I went yeah. from like, I did my first open mic, and I afterwards I got off stage. And, okay, so let me back up, back up. I <laughs> met my boyfriend in 2000, uh, end of 2017. He's been a stand-up comic for about five years. Got so it. I was not a comedian when I met him, um, but he was doing comedy. And I remember going to one of his open mics and watching people go up there. And in my head, I was like, man, I'm funnier than half these people. Like, <laughs> I think this is where the, the women in comedy kind of takes effect. Because yes. you go to open mics and there'd be like 30 guys in a row all saying the same perspective. Talking about their bitch yeah. girlfriend or something. Yeah. 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 Complaining. And yeah. We're talking about their dicks. And I'm like, this is not funny. Straight um, up. I'm up here. And after I did my first open mic, we just started going hard. And we were doing open mics every night for like three nice. years. Just nice. And then we had a few opportunities pop up. Like we had a show in West Covina called Bread and Barley. Nice. We did it on Wednesdays. And then that's when Chatterbox 
we started hitting Chatterbox every week. Yeah, um, yeah. with the boy Josh Michaels, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's the best. But um, yeah, I think it's important to just hear from different voices, new perspectives, because yeah. it's it's tiring to hear the same thing over and over absolutely um, yeah I, I used to do a lot of open mics like uh like uh because i play guitar so i used to like do a lot of them like singing playing guitar open mics and um you know a, a lot at a lot of those it's mixed open mics so sometimes like comedians go up and like like you were saying um every every single guy for the most part that went up would either talk about their dicks or about their freaking girlfriends that they hate so much because they're such a bitch you know and all this stuff and it's i can see how that would get uh grading uh because i it was just not funny because i'd I'd be watching like maybe two a night um every time but like actually seeing a whole comedy club full of that just sounds awful (laughs) yeah and in that kind of content consistently it just doesn't seem like it's well thought through. It just, it doesn't seem like it, there was a, I don't know. It, it's, it just seems like it's, we hear it all the time, put simply. Yeah, and when I started hosting open mics, that's when like, you gotta be in the room no matter what, cause you're the host. So it's not like when you're a comic, you go to an open mic and you don't even have to, a lot of us comics will like go outside and like chill before we have to go up. Oh, hell yeah. Um, which is never good, you should always stay in the room, but. <laughs> you have the opportunity to leave when you're hosting an open mic, you're stuck there and you got to listen to everybody perform and you got to be like supportive and encouraging. And it's hard to do that when there's like, sure. Yeah. The same thing being said um, at Chatterbox though, I can say that we did a really good job. We would have a, like the main sign up list. And then underneath we had a list for women, um, non-binary. And what we would do is, the women would sign up separate and then we would work them in in between every that way it wasn't just like a straight line of guys talking absolutely oh man that's crazy you you even have to do that (laughs) yeah yeah have to stagger it that way yeah but i mean that that would certainly help and not hearing the same dick jokes five times in a row and then you have you know two or three feet and, then, and then on top of that then i mean i mean then on top of that i'm sure you have unfunny women so then it's like <laughs> how, i have so, seen unfunny stand-up comedian women just in You're general, funny man, <laughs> man I, I it's it's um yeah that i'm like i said like kudos to you for like hosting them and everything like you said being um being like supportive and all that because that, that, that takes a lot you know like yes <laughs> in a live just seeing that for like hours and it's like um i'm sure even people that are kind of funny they start seeming if they're not super hilarious they just seem not funny because you, you're just tired all day from from hearing stuff all day you know yeah yeah so okay so i want to i want to back up a little bit just and get in touch with the creative past of karina because you mentioned that you've done some improv as a kid so I know mom works in healthcare and and some kind of billing position, and yeah. dad is dad was a musician. Is that correct? Yes, he still is to this day. He just quit. Nice. He's been in. I mean, he's been in. I don't even know how many bands. He does a lot of cover bands. Like he was in a Metallica cover band um, at one point in his life. But he, I think that's where I get my stage presence from. Right. To, like jump up he used to bring his guitar to family parties and like we're filipino so we love karaoke obviously <laughs> so, um, he'd bring his guitar out we all start singing so i think i get that 
side from him for sure. My mom, on the other hand, she's only seen my comedy a handful of times because she gets too nervous. Mm. Um, when I'm up there, I think she's just loves and cares for me so much that she doesn't want me to fail or she could not see me bombing. Doesn't want to go. Yeah. See her daughter stink on stage. (laughs) Even even with strangers, that shit's stressful. Like I'm absolutely please be good. (laughs) Please be good. And that's what separates the great ones from, from the the shitty ones is that they make you feel so comfortable watching them by how comfortable they are on stage. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I had to ask about pops because I wanted to see if that's where you got some of your creative juices from. I think so. I wish I would have got his, musical abilities like i can't play <laughs> i wish i would have inherited some of that because he can play the drums piano guitar he's like all around amazing and i'm yeah no uh, <laughs> not, not in the slightest i can dance but that's about it hey you have the comedy juices i think that's what sets you apart so um you have siblings as well so life must have been fun growing up with two sisters and a brother. Where do you fall in between all that? I'm the oldest. And oh, they're, wow. they're seven years apart between, oh no, eight years apart between me and the youngest. So oh, damn. Um, yeah, it's me. My sister Chloe is 24 and she's at Berkeley Law right now. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I know. She's the golden child. So she's the middle child, but she is, the AP student, the law student. She went to college and played Division II softball. Like Go she ahead. Is, so it's a very interesting dynamic because I am the oldest, but I, I didn't graduate college. <laughs> I just I just figured out what I'm doing. I've right. always been the floaty float um, person in my family. Love it. And yeah, and then my youngest sister Natalie. She lives in Colorado and she's a vet tech. Oh wow. And um, I did have a brother. I, I listed brother, but my brother passed away when I was seven. Mm. He was three from leukemia. Um, wow. But I always list him just because I'm, you know, that's absolutely he's the, he's the inspiration, I believe. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's okay. our family dynamic. Very nice. Very nice. So your journey to comedy, I thank you so much for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that, Karina. Um, yeah. So your journey to comedy, I feel because you said, you know, you're figuring it out now and all that. I I feel like that adds so much more to what you bring on stage and so much more. It separates your story from these weak ass dick jokes that we hear, you know, these. Yeah. I I wanted to ask real quick. um, Yeah. Since since I haven't seen you live, like what is like, um, your material consists of is it like a lot of like is it like family stuff is it like um i know a lot of comedians drop from their family experiences you know like you said you have like a crazy family and so that's that's usually a big thing or or what do you what do you like draw from definitely family and so my favorite comedians growing up were like russell peters and aziz i'm sorry because they were brown and that was the first time i had seen like brown comedians on stage other than like Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy, but yeah. like brown is different uh, than black. You know, brown it's, is yeah. different than black. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like you want to see. I f- I feel you with the brown thing. Like it's seeing brown 100%. people. It's like yeah, you know, seeing somebody yeah. who looks like you representation. Like I loved Angela Johnson. I felt like she could have been my older cousin. Like um, yeah. in her material. So a lot of my material is family oriented. I talk about work. Of course, I talk about chilies. Like. How could you not? Oh my gosh, so uh, fucking funny. There's so many f- 
funny ass stories just from working at oh, Chili's. My yeah. God. shit. Definitely. Um, a little bit of self-deprecation. Um, <laughs> sprinkle that in. Sprinkle that in because I was like a nerdy, skinny little kid in high school that was not popular. That was mm-hmm. kind of weird. And I think the best comedy is one is like comedy that's relatable. Like yes. I don't oh. Comedy is relatable and relational to like the audience. I think it hits harder when people are like, yes, I used to do that as a kid. Um, I was also weird. Um, and then 100%. like kind of getting into dating, some you know, dating topics. I got some exes that are a little, you know. <laughs> that are worth me. mentioning in, uh, in a bit. <laughs> like, okay. I had, a, I had an ex who used to, take pictures with the Laker girls at the games. Very nice. Um, actually, I said that wrong. Um, my ex asked me to take a picture of him with the Laker girls. Oh, very different. Very, never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking a stranger comes, you guys are on each side of the Laker girls, and you're both in the fo- Okay, very different. <laughs> like he posted the picture on Instagram, and he didn't even give me a photo credit. It was just, like, awful. So... <laughs> Only for the cloud. Yeah, only for the cloud. Wow, wow. Okay. So um, you mentioned that you are Filipina. So mm-hmm. I, I know I know. growing up being Black and Hawaiian, I often struggled with, you know, having to assimilate because I grew up in a poor Black neighborhood and I had to assimilate at school, at a middle-class school like Upland, the way I speak, mm-hmm. you know, and just uh, the way I carry myself so that I'm not mistook for the the poor person I actually was. Um, so, you know, I, sometimes I, I, I go through this kind of identity crisis thing. You know, I have people who call me, who will call me whitewashed because I'm well-spoken, but I'm just like, shit, I'm just trying to be well-spoken, my guy. And then I got black people who would, I feel, I would feel like I'm not black enough. You know what I'm saying? So um, I understand. So just, I want to hear your story about that. And, you know, since, you mentioned that you are, you know, very family oriented and you are multicultural. How do all these cultures become part of who you are and how do you bring that to the stage? Well, I am. So my dad is full Filipino. My oh, mom wow. is um, Sri Lankan, Polish and German. So I'm kind of just like this crazy weird mix of everything. Got and it. I... <laughs> When it wasn't really prevalent in elementary school, but when I moved to Downey in seventh grade, which was a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood that I grew up in, mm-hmm. um, it was just a lot easier to just be a chola because everyone thought I was Hispanic anyways, because yeah. they see brown skin. That's just kind of like the go-to answer. Like, oh, she must be Mexican. Sure. Um, so I kind of just like went along with that, but it wasn't like mid seventh grade. I got tired of people thinking I was Mexican. So I used to tell people I was Hawaiian. <laughs> and this is awful but, uh, it was right when Lilo and Stitch came out oh my gosh I was gonna say what's the inspiration behind Hawaiian of all things <laughs> I really loved that movie and also so like I always had Princess Jasmine like oh that kind of looks like me but then I had um you know Lilo which was like Hawaiian kind of looked Filipino so I'm like oh maybe this is the culture that I need to represent. Right, right. So I memorized songs off of the, this is horrible. <laughs> I memorized songs off of the Lilo and Stitch soundtrack. And then I would try and drop Hawaiian, like at school. <laughs> so, like, 
Good so songs good. off that album, I must say. There are some good songs off yeah. that Leon Stitch Dude, album. That, that, that soundtrack slaps. It slaps, man. There are some good Hawaiian mix, real Hawaiian There's culture. some good Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Good which Elvis. kind of is Hawaiian culture. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, so you, you've also felt this this kind of uh, I idea. Who I am. Yeah. yeah. They, it wasn't until recently this kind of booming of like representation and you can be proud of being Filipino and I just used to get tired of explaining over and over like where Sri Lanka was sure um, and sometimes I would just be like oh you know that country India it's right near there and then they'll like they'll be like oh are you Native American are you Indian I'm like, oh, God. just you yeah, know, I um, think, yeah, now we're in a time where people are much more conscious of things like that. Yeah. So they're willing yeah, to listen yeah. to ex- when you explain where you are from. They're like, oh, OK, that's that's it for the I most will part. Say, I will say I had a I had a Sri Lankan co-worker when I worked at Domino's. Uh, this is old guy <laughs> named uh, named Anura. <laughs> Every time he saw me, he'd be like, Gerardo, you're a fucking bitch. Every, fucking day, every day we clocked in, he'd be like, you bitch. If I could just like, like slap my back. He was cool though, Anura. And uh, he was like, it is like, like 50s and we had like a party. You know, we're all like in our 20s. He just shows up with like some Sri Lankan rice. Dude, this shit was so fucking spicy. Like I had like I had like one grain of rice and it was like way too much. Like it was fucking crazy. Yeah, if you like curry, like Indian curry is good, but Sri Lankan curry is where it's at. It's like Yeah, yeah. Sri Lankan curry is like mm, it's it's way it's way more spicy. (laughs) The the spices. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Um because I have a I have a couple of Sri Lankan friends and it's like um it is different than Indian stuff. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it is way more spicy. <laughs> that's the that's the number one thing I took away from it. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, I, I feel you in that regard. You know, even for me, it, it took me a while to understand what the hell Black Lives Matter really stood for. You know, I come out of the military and um just it, it was kind of triggering for me. I'm like, God, it sounds so divisive, but shit, at the end of the day, I'm black. I didn't ask to be black. I didn't ask to be Hawaiian, but yeah. sometimes it, it just comes with age to really own that cultural aspect of who you are. Cause growing up where even what we're taught in school, it's like we're praising a different type of culture. It's mostly white. You know what I mean? So that's what we, in a way it's like, are we aspiring to look like that and be like those people or should we just own who the fuck we are? And, and that. So um, before we get into the movie review, I want to end with just, uh, one more thing, because I love what you said about comedy being relatable, because when I my favorite comedians, you know, we're going to review coming to America here. Eddie Murphy's one of my fucking favorite comedians of all time. Um, I, I really enjoy relatability. And, and so as far as is there some kind of creative process or some any specifics that you have when creating your you know your jokes and your material does it just come to you when you're on the train or some shit i mean it's just because getting people to laugh sounds so simple you know but the the process could be very difficult i would imagine do you have any kind of things in your creative process sometimes things just happen and those are the golden nuggets of greatness like i remember (laughs) like two years ago my 18 year old sister got engaged um, and that, that in itself was just a joke written out for me. And that was one of my first jokes was like, they can't even drink to celebrate their engagement. Like very- oh. <laughs> um, so some, some things just kind of like 
happen. And um, I think if anything, I do, if I have an idea for something or maybe just like a premise, I will always run it by my boyfriend first. I know that's like ridiculous, but Josh um, Mm. is also a comic. So he's really good to just like bounce ideas. Whenever we have an idea for a joke, we'll be like, hey, is this premise funny? And if we... The good rule of thumb is like, yeah, the good rule of thumb is like, if it makes you laugh, cool. But if it makes one other person laugh, then it's something. Right, right. You can make yourself laugh and nobody else will think that's funny. Um, But if somebody else can laugh at it, you're like, okay, maybe there's something there. And then I kind of just run it through what's weird about this, what's hard about it, what's stupid about it. It's cool that Um, you have your boyfriend for that. That kind of, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, my, my wife is, you know, she's a nurse. So if there were certain things I brought up to her, she'd be like, you know, that's just really not up my alley as far as creative shit like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, I think it's cool, but I really don't know. Yeah, so you guys are like in the same field. That's really, that's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. It, yeah. It, it's pretty fabulous. Um, I love it so much, but we, and then I just, how can I act this out? Because a lot of comedy, it's not just standing up there. Like my favorite comedians are ones that act their stuff out. Like George Lopez is very, acting he does yeah. voices and impressions like how can i act this out and how can this and again relatable like is this something that we've all gone through and right um how can we like deeper dive into it i think i don't know that's where a lot of my like insecurities come from is like mm. i know i'm not the only one insecure about this um, absolutely so let's, so let's talk about it and I think the things that I'm most afraid of to talk about are the ones that we should be talking about. Wow. Yeah. And I, 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 I wow. I feel like the audience can't help but <laughs> relate to that. So that's, uh, thank you. Thank you, Karina. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm really glad that we have uh-huh. you on the show this week, especially for the movie that we have, because it is a comedy. <laughs> Uh, one of the goats, Eddie Murphy, is in it. But, Arsenio uh, Hall. Arsenio Hall, you know what I'm saying? So without any further ado, we're going to get into our movie review section. You know what I'm saying? Coming yeah. to... Coming to America. America. Gerardo, what's the deal? The second one. <laughs> so uh, Coming to America is... Uh, it just came out on... Uh, what was it? Amazon. Amazon it's Prime. 30 years later. Yeah, 1988 was the first, the first one. one. Yeah. Let me see. So this movie, <laughs> I'm going to start off with a quick story outline for you guys, right? Uh, spoilers ahead. We do we do do spoilers. Yes, plenty. Spoiler warning. We're getting good at putting that at the beginning now instead of after we already <laughs> spoiled something. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> By the way, we are spoiling shit. So the story, um, Coming to America is pretty, uh, two. Coming to America. Coming to America, this movie, Coming to America, the second one, it it's really poor planning on their part to call it Coming to America because it's really weird to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because you can't even really emphasize the two too much. Yeah, I try to pronounce it differently. I'm just like, Coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie starts out with uh, with Eddie Murphy. Uh, you kind of see that nothing has fucking changed in the kingdom. He has uh, three daughters. There mm-hmm. was a it's really weird black panther fight type fight sequence at the beginning with sticks that was out of nowhere uh so then um, out of nowhere <laughs> right eddie murphy just doing kung fu with like a fucking bow staff shit slightly Whatever. black panther <laughs> dr strange inspired i'm like uh, no okay for first of all the, did the whole movie kind of 
This is just a decide. The whole movie felt like a kind of Wakanda of Black Panther. This type. movie was a long sitcom episode, but the touch of Black Panther. And we'll get yeah, into why. I <laughs> like I'd want to feel like racist for saying, but some shit straight up felt like Black Panther. Like I'm just <laughs> like um the daughter that was a really good warrior, she felt like a Black Panther character. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My roommate uh Jarrell, he was like, uh, is that supposed to be Lupita? <laughs> <laughs> literally from black panther okay so let me see the story is going to start out with uh the death of uh, uh james earl jones because yes. he's still the, the king the death of the king yes yeah now now i'm going to say I, I thought this was like the funniest part of the whole movie <laughs> like the 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 big funeral scene for for uh for uh james earl jones yeah mm-hmm so uh, in the movie, James Earl Jones says he wants the best funeral ever, uh, and they're just gonna do it while he's alive. And it was it was hilarious. They got Salt and <laughs> yeah. Pepper in there. They got um, Gladys Knight. Morning, that, was the <laughs> that, that 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 felt so uh, '90s. That 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 part felt like a '90s movie. Just bringing it, bringing in the cameos, making it really yeah. over the top. I thought that was really funny. I, I like that part a lot. Yeah, when when you understand why he's laying in the coffin, <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> it's just and then, it's funny. And then that's how he dies. I think that's a really good way. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> it's, it's a good way to send off a character. If you're going to send off a character, absolutely. Yeah, Prince Akeem becomes the yeah. king. Yeah. I was like, I wonder how they were going to do it. I was like, are they going to like, um, are they going to kill him off off screen? Are they going to, you know? It was it's really cool. Beloved character. <laughs> yeah especially what james Earl jones was in the first one man like he 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 was his presence in the first one the first one's such different in tone and all that but uh, mm -hmm. yeah yeah well yeah so basically uh there's some there's some backwards laws in in their country what is their country called Zamunda. zamunda zamunda i don't want zamunda. to say the wrong thing and <laughs> look so bad <laughs> so um in their in their country, uh, they have some laws where uh, the the heir to the throne cannot be a female. So uh, Eddie Murphy needs to have had a son. Uh, now that he's king, he needs a successor. A male heir. A male heir, <laughs> which already from the beginning, it's like uh, whatever, right? So yeah. The, and the movie at the, in the beginning it introduces the the daughter characters it, it introduces this rule you think it's going to pay it off later it never does the movie it it's it sets itself up to be this feminist movie which i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be a cool message about like i thought it was going to be about the daughter because right. like uh the right. daughter was a cool character she i, I like that actress she she was good absolutely the, the, the oldest daughter yeah I, I thought i thought the movie was going to be about her and then it all of a sudden it's it, it, uh, we get sent to America uh, with with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall because apparently Eddie Murphy in the last movie, in between dates, uh, <laughs> he uh, ended up sleeping with uh, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, that Leslie is correct. Jones mm -hmm. from uh, SNL fame. Yes, I, I've I've never liked her as an actor. I, I don't think she's funny. Uh, and I thought she was great. Really? Okay. Do, do, do you like her? In, do, do you like her in general, though? Like, uh, gen generally, like, do you like her style? I mean, she does yell a lot. Um, I watched her stand up special and there was a lot of yelling, but mm -hmm. I do like her characters on SNL. I, th I think she's I a good writer because she, she was an SNL writer. I'm sure you know. She, she was an SNL writer. Um, 
and I thought she was really, I think she's really good at writing. I just think like, if you ever, like uh, when you see her perform on SNL, she's always like um, tripping over her lines and she's never really knows how to, how to actually uh, uh, deliver the, she, she's not too good at delivering and, and, yeah, no, but she has a strong presence. You know, I think that because of how strong her presence is, I think if some of these lines don't deliver, it really falls short. Like there was one line in here, but she was like talking about the caviar. And oh was, my God. I was like, oh, that wasn't funny. It's just, <laughs> she's because she has such potential of, of being funny with those lines. And there were a lot of those I feel with her. I just feel like she has this grand presence that just the lines of what she was saying and the dialogue wasn't matching up with it. And what, 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 what did you like about it, uh, Karina? I liked, I don't know, I thought she was funny. I liked when she <laughs> pulled them out, why are these mashed potatoes black? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, see, we just got comedy right there. The same exact the joke. <laughs> the new characters that they added to coming to America didn't disappoint the way I thought oh. they would. Like, I thought Wesley Snipes was hilarious as general. Is I, I did enjoy Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he was stupid goofy, you know, and it, he knew he was up there being stupid and goofy and it was yeah. funny. Yeah. So, so Wesley Snipes plays a character for the, for the listeners. Wesley Snipes plays a character. He's uh, the general of, uh, of, <laughs> I was about to say, uh, Wakanda. <laughs> He's a general no, of, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he literally felt like uh he was he was funny. They 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 took uh, all the all the stereotypical African general tropes and like uh they, <laughs> yeah. they just threw him on Wesley Snipes and Wesley Snipes was hilarious about it. <laughs> he was so funny. Wesley Snipes is so funny. Yeah, he owned that role. He owned this role. Yeah, so basically yeah. Wesley Snipes is um he has a son and the son has to marry um the oldest daughter so that way they could be uh, Eddie Murphy's um Air. Uh, Eddie Murphy doesn't want that. The daughters don't want that. They don't like arranged marriages because, you know, the first coming to America was all about how marriage should be on love, right? Um, yeah. So uh, Eddie Murphy finds out that he has a bastard son in America, mothered by Leslie Jones. Now, so this is, uh, so then we get sent to America. And I will say it was very disappointing to me that for a movie called Coming to America, the whole movie being about being in America, this movie uh, was not in America. <laughs> like this is like one of the only scenes we got in America. Uh, at, and I think it's it's the only time that it, not at the end of the movie, Eddie Murphy comes back, but it's the only yeah. time Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are in America. They're, they're African characters. And, uh, and that's like what we enjoyed, enjoyed most about the first was that yeah. they were this, this African royalty in Queens. Yeah, it's a fish out of water type. Yeah, thing. and that's what they were trying to go for with the sun. Well, but they try, Yeah, they try to do the inverse. But uh, when, when they do initially get to America, uh, th this is where you really see why the old movie worked and why this one doesn't. When, when they go back into the barbershop and Eddie Murphy and Arsenio's Hall, they still got it, you know, with those characters. That shit yeah. was so funny. They still got their barbershop characters down. Eddie down. Murphy? Oh, they're, they're classic. And they, they, they made it be known that those characters were so classic to the point where they even came at, at the end. <laughs> yeah, to, you know what yeah. I mean? Because they're such iconic characters themselves and mm -hmm. some of the funniest parts about the movie. Yeah, and, and um, you know, at first I was like, oh, I hope this isn't them just doing all their old characters. But by the end of the movie, I was like, God, I wish they would have just done their old characters because that was the best part of the, the movie that I didn't like their African characters. This movie, Arsenio Hall was barely in the movie. Uh, also, if you guys noticed, Arsenio yeah. Hall was like, and his, line, his lines were, oh, no, I just don't think his lines hit either. Yeah. 
but, uh, but but like but like I said, when they were the barbers, God, yeah, that, hilarious, classic, classic, right there. That's like what influenced so much shit, like Key and Peele. Uh, it just influenced uh, Dave Chappelle shit. It influenced yeah. so much. Yeah, just man. Like Eddie scene. Murphy is big on those like multi personality things, and he'll get into that makeup. He'll create these characters and the faces he made. Right. All his- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like even the singer at the end, it's like you're wondering who the fuck are they gonna bring out for this singer? <laughs> and they bring out his old character, and it's like it's it just it looks so funny. It, it yeah, funny. I, they handled all the the legacy stuff like that. I think they handled well, like the, all the old characters. But then we get into the new characters. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Eddie Murphy does find his son. Um, his name's like Lavelle, I think, right? His son. Um, Correct, Lavelle. Yeah. Yeah, and he was basically raised by uh, what's his name from uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy Morgan. Morgan. Are you a fan, Tracy. Karina? You like you like Tracy Morgan? I love Tracy Morgan. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you yeah, I, I like Tracy a lot in this movie. I liked him more than Leslie. It, I think it just comes down to like um, just how I, I think about him in comedians as general because they, they really played themselves. They didn't play characters that weren't themselves. So, absolutely. You know, absolutely. With, so it's like, oh, you like Tracy, you're going to like Tracy's character. You like Leslie, you're going to like Leslie's character. So, um, but, but yeah, it was really, it's, it was cool to have them. But then we get into the son, Lavelle. Now, from the beginning of the movie, they set up this thing where uh, uh, apparently Leslie was a hoe. She wasn't she she wasn't even like a, a hooker. She because she wasn't charging him for money. That was part of the joke, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently, apparently she slept with a lot of guys. Um, so it kind of sets up sets it up like oh, uh, it almost sets it up like <laughs> like you're supposed to be thinking the whole movie like is this really his son? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I got from that from that scene in the beginning of the movie. I don't know if you oh, guys. Oh, okay. Uh, I that. feel you because, because, because she they, is oh, promiscuous. Well, they literally say, they literally say, uh, well, that could be your daddy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was so easily accepted that he was his son. Like, only because they, like, made up the same face or something that they're like, oh. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're king of a country. Where is the paternity tax? <laughs> yes, yes, please. At least do a DNA right. test, right? <laughs> Thank you. Because I felt like I was going crazy. Like the whole movie that was in the back of my mind, it felt like a, it was a Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Just like it's a red herring. It never goes off, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like they, they, they don't even try to explain it. And on top of that, the actor that plays Lavelle, uh, I don't know, that guy just felt scummy. Like the, the character felt like like a con man. It felt like him and Leslie were trying to con them. It didn't feel right. like they were. And, and, and that with the first news of him being a, a prince, it's like their acceptance and the way they reacted, it felt very con man. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then it developed into a love story, which if you wanted to do it that way, play the love story the entire time, I think his character should have been different. There are a lot of things he, about he, him. He wasn't, I, I think I think maybe it comes down to the actor, but that, that actor was not very charismatic or likable. Like, or I, I didn't think so, at least. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, that guy to me felt, uh, I don't know, like their characters, like that, that family, it felt like they were trying to, it felt like halfway through the movie, they were going to find out it's not really the son and then the daughter was going to end up being... I just kept waiting for it to go back to the daughter, you know, and and it felt like yeah. they were setting that up consistently. Or uh, what what did you think, Karina, of of uh, of the son, the actor for that guy, or or just the character in general? Well, yeah, I feel like they kind of had so many storylines that they were trying to go down, and they couldn't find one like consistent path. So like yeah. first we see him at a job interview, so he's trying to like get his life together, and we really don't see that 
wrap up in the movie either. Like they started all these things and right. they didn't really wrap right. it up. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you that if they were going to stick to the three daughters or the one main daughter to become, it should have been their storyline. Because then it became about he's got to get whiskers from a lion, and then he's yeah, got to yeah, yeah. So so he falls mm-hmm. in love with his barber after only two days. Like yeah. I just, it didn't seem realistic. Yeah. So as um, you mentioned, they they go they go back to Africa, and uh, he has to do some kingly tasks. There's three kingly tasks that they have to do in this movie, right? One of them is a. Uh, I forget the other two. They're pretty freaking useless. Uh, but the important one is that they ha- that he has to get whiskers from a lion, like you mentioned. Um, now, this movie talks about tradition a lot and about how tradition should be broken if 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 it's backwards, you know, if it's some backwards ass shit. Yeah, it's the whole point of the movie. With the whiskers thing, it's like I said, it's a whole bunch of mystery. I, I thought that they were going to go, oh, you don't really have to get the whiskers because this is a backward ass tradition that you don't have to do getting whiskers from a fucking lion. Right. Uh, but no, the movie, the movie really rolls through. They, they really go through with it. They follow through and, and he really does have to get whiskers from a lion. And it just there's like a whole 20 minutes of build up talking about how backwards it is that he has to get whiskers from a lion. But he just kind of has to accept it and move on. And uh, with the help of the daughter, it's just a spit in the face, <laughs> the, yeah. the help of the oldest daughter, um, who the whole time you're thinking, why isn't she just queen? Why don't you just change the law, Eddie Murphy? Right. You're thinking that this whole time. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As you, you also yeah. mentioned, he falls in love uh, with his uh, royal barber who gives him the 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 uh, Michael B. Jordan cut. <laughs> the oh, the warmonger yeah. cut. <laughs> that, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. I gave him. him- he, he was even wearing did you see if he was even wearing like the like the it looked like literally like t'challa's freaking black um black thing that's what i'm saying man there were just some aspects of this i think black panther did a lot in establishing what we think is the modern day african culture and how we mm-hmm. adapt that into a movie so i think they did it in some of these traditions in this movie it was so funny to see man mm-hmm. like so uh, they they set that up uh, with the with the barber. Before that, though, we're tr- we're introduced to Tiana Taylor's character. Tiana uh, Taylor is in this movie. The, the barber is an actual African actress. The barber, dude, I, she was she was like uh, she she was she was she was great. Yeah, she was uh, solid. I, I liked her character. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I liked how like at the end of it, it's like they put makeup on her, like she didn't look great before that. Like like, they, like she just like looks great at the party, and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah eye-opening <laughs> right it's like um so uh the the whole thing with that uh tiana taylor thing is um you know wesley snipes wants to join their families together uh so the way he wants to do this through arranged marriage since uh eddie murphy found out he has a son he wants to arrange the marriage with tiana taylor who is his daughter and that would right. still bring the families together now the thing with the with that is that uh you know, uh, the guy is, he just, he's down for it. I mean, it's Tiana Taylor, but he's, he's down. So I guess, uh, they're going to have a wedding, right? That's where we're at at this point in the story. We're going to have a wedding. Tiana Taylor's going to marry Lavon Lavar. Lavelle, I believe. Lavelle. Yeah. I was one of the L L V names. <laughs> Freaking Lavelle. Yeah. Lavelle. Uh, you know, he's going to be married to Tiana Taylor at this point. So that's where we're at. The night before the wedding, he falls in love with his barber because they have so much in common, mm-hmm. right? 
and he doesn't have anything in common with Tiana Taylor, he finds out. Right, right. It turns out Tiana Taylor is very similar to and uh, it, Eddie Murphy's yeah. previous, like in the first movie, Eddie Murphy had an arranged marriage and who was very obedient. And that's not what he wanted. He wanted a woman who can think. That was kind of the premise behind the first movie. And that's Tiana Taylor. Exactly. And, that, and now, now it, it, and it got really corny when, uh, when, uh, his hairstylist starts explaining the plot of the first movie and it's literally just flashbacks to the it first is literal movie. flashbacks which which <laughs> is cool if you've never watched the first one it, it tells you what the you know what yeah. coming to america is about but if you've never watched the first one don't 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 even bother watching this one because it's like no. most of the stuff you're not going to get anyways yeah yeah <laughs> you know the first one i i didn't want to go too much into a tangent about the first one i think it's important to just recognize oh, so the, what it yeah. was the, the first one was very charming and it was because of how eddie murphy and arsenio hall's character are here looking for someone who is strong-willed in america they came to america for a reason because they know american women speak their mind and they show that scene in this movie you know when he He's, it's a flashback, a <laughs> straight up flashback. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bark like a dog. And you know, the girl's barking. It's a flashback from the first movie. Um, but yeah, the first one had charm. It was rated R. So it was just, it, it, <laughs> even the jokes were different. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was just, it was a real love story because it was, it was, I love Eddie Murphy's acting in the first one because it was a very Arsenio believable too. character. Yeah, Arsenio too, man. They felt like, they felt like real African royalty in Queens. And James Earl Jones, his presence as the king, it was it was a really well done movie. She was nominated for two Oscars, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was yeah, a costume and, and, and makeup. But it was just the so, charm so, of that mm-hmm. was was gone in this yeah. one. There was no charm. It, I didn't feel it was genuine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 the hairstylist basically explains that 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 the first movie was charming. Basically, what you just said. That's what the hairstylist tells. Uh, uh, le, 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 what's his name? Lavelle. Lavelle. Pretty much trying to just. Trying to say, hey, love is what's most important. You know, your dad did it. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and and that point at that point, the movie's logic like starts falling apart even more. I think it's like um, he's known the hairstylist for like three hours more than he's known Tiana Taylor. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't known the hairstylist that long, and all of a sudden. I don't know. It's like, is that that? It's like, yes, you guys have an initial connection, but is that that much different from a fucking arranged marriage that they just like fall in love in one day, right? Right, right. That I felt, mean, it was, it was way odd. different. Yeah. Cause in coming to America, man, Eddie Murphy was working for the love of his life's father, you know, who was this working class black man who owned this little McDonald's chain or McDowell's, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and that's why he fell in love because they, you know, over time they went on dates you know he was respectful and they they developed this genuine connection and it didn't it felt very rushed in this one it felt rushed yeah. and yeah go, go ahead karina sorry no yeah i absolutely agree i feel like they tried to do a, they're like oh wait we also have to do a love story like halfway through like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly in yeah. like four movies and get it done exactly um, and- at a certain point, I feel, I feel like they, they they did this movie and they didn't know how they wanted to end it. And they just did a bunch of plot points that they didn't plan on closing. At one point, it felt like the, the, the son wasn't really going to be the son and he was going to fall in love with the oldest daughter. At one point, it was like at one point, like it felt like that that was their tension between them. And and I don't know, I just that thing with him not really being the son, I, I thought that was going to come back at one point, like, oh, he's not really the son. So the hairdresser can move to America with him. Oh, he's not really the son. So he's going to 
him and the oldest daughter are going to have the thing. Oh, he's not really the, you know, so that's just in the back. And they never reference it again. And that was so distracting. And you're supposed to like this guy. He never stops being kind of scummy until he falls in love with the hairdresser. And he does his, um, we, we called it before this movie, me and my roommate, I watched this with, uh, we called it, we were like, he's going to have the, I grew up without a father. I grew up. Uh, black in America, that, that whole speech and everything, and and like clockwork, he did it, and and it was also yeah. I think written the most stereotypical way you could have written that specific uh, yeah. scene. Yeah, that's why I didn't <laughs> like, man. Like the dialogue behind that, it was it was not connecting any way with a genuine black story. Because if you want to mm. do that, go ahead. But his character is not developed enough for him to go on this kind. Yeah, you don't of, care about of, him. Yeah, man, it's we don't care about him, and it's just not real coming from him. Because in that movie, we don't have enough from him already. So it's like, bro, this isn't the kind of movie where you would go on about that kind of wreck. It already doesn't feel genuine. In the first one, it did, but yeah, it, yeah, it just I didn't. I wasn't crazy about the Lee, but I'm um, Lavelle. I wasn't crazy about that actor being the son of Eddie Murphy's character. Yeah. I just I I wasn't crazy about bro. It was yeah. Yeah, it was. You were, thinking, you were thinking Donald Glover would have been a better son. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was thinking. I, I, I was like, well, they were they, they were kind of building up the son. We, we thought it was going to, you know, it's coming to America. You would think that they would reveal it as a famous black actor or something. Hell yeah. But, but it, they reveal the son and it's just this random guy. Yeah, the, the, the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, somebody with like comedy chops because. Part of what we love about coming to America is that, like, Eddie Murphy's funny. Arsenio exactly. Funny. Yes. And I didn't get a lot of funny from his son. No. At yeah. all. Well, I, didn't get a, I didn't get a lot of funny from Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall either this movie, unless they were a different character. Unless I didn't get it from their African characters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think a big part of their the funny parts of the first one was just them being in a different environment, st- them still being themselves while in Queens and adapting to Queens. And it was just, it, it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it wasn't as funny. There were parts that just were yeah. not as funny. Yeah. So Lavelle's talking to the, his, his, uh, his, uh, hairdresser, uh, about marriage. So they, they go to New York to get married in, uh, in America. Uh, they're they're gonna be married in America. This is where we see one of Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy's old characters come back. Or no, it's Arsenio Hall's, right? <laughs> the the preacher. Yeah, the preacher. <laughs> oh, that one was hilarious. Uh, we see the preacher come back, and um, yeah, Lavelle's gonna marry his hairstylist in New York. It there's a they try to build it up as like a conflict. It's really not a non-conflict. Eddie Murphy shows up to New York and um, gives him their kinda, blessing. Kind of and... gives the blessing, so. They get married. The hairstylist decides that she grew up in Wakanda, so that's where she wants to live for the rest of her life. <laughs> Wakanda, you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, she decides that she actually wants to grow up in her her nation because that's she still has that's still her pride. So the Munda. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the son Lavelle is like, well, yeah, that's fine with me. Every, everyone just kind of goes with the flow in this movie. So then they have a. Uh, yeah, the the celebration in in Africa. They say they kind of say "fuck you" to Wesley Snipes. There's a a really tacked on fight sequence with the daughters and Wesley Snipes' generals. And um, yeah, the movie kind of wraps up. Uh, true love. Uh, the oh, and the daughter gets to become queen because Eddie Murphy could have just changed the law at any point in the, the whole movie. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, 
yeah see the end of the movie it's just that, i think that was literally like the synopsis of it uh, and if it really fell flat that was supposed to be the third act and third acts they're not supposed to have a lot of points of action like uh but they, they are supposed to have a lot of strong points of action you know yeah and uh it wasn't very strong at the end there i i don't think it had a really weak finish that didn't really answer most of the questions uh set up in the movie yeah yeah, I felt it kind of just wrapped it up and and called it a day. So, um, yeah, listeners, I I think it's really important when watching this movie to just watch the first and see why a sequel was even worth creating. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and really just why it's important. I think sometimes just leave things alone. I love coming to America. I watched it so many mm -hmm. times as a kid. The Samuel Jackson scene with Samuel Jackson is robbing the McDonald's. That shit is funny, and it's you know that 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 Eddie Murphy character and that at that scene specifically if you go on youtube and look up the scene that's yeah. what we fell in love with the first you know coming to america yeah. and that character is not the same eddie murphy is completely like king king akeem is completely different from the prince akeem that we loved in the first one who, yeah he's a different character he's not likable it's, yeah and, and they tried making a point of that in the movie like the wife would say mm -hmm. what happened to you you're supposed to be ushering in the 21st century all that's so, okay if you're going to talk about that and th this is a beloved character it's not like it's yeah. not it's not like it's not like an overreaction to be like this character is is iconic it's like one of his iconic characters absolutely you know? it's one of his most iconic characters ever i mean it was it was so dope for the culture you know what i mean it, it's yeah i, I was yeah. saying the whole time i was watching i was like if eddie murphy wanted to remake one of his or, or do like a sequel he should have done beverly hills cop i think that one lends itself to to the 30 years later thing you know beverly hills cop uh they could have you know it I, I feel like that coming to america that story was wrapped it's like the prince he he figured out that tradition sucks that's all we need to know like you you assume yes. that he's going to go on to be a good ruler and it's really um, heartbreaking to come back and it's like, well, he didn't really learn shit from that first movie. Exactly. Like he, <laughs> he he risked it all by finding love in the first one. He really did. I mean, to the point where his pops had to fly out and snatch him up and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, felt that this American isn't worthy. And that's what it was just it was such a good story. The first one, Eddie Murphy even wrote that shit. And it was that, that's mm -hmm. why, like you said, man, it's important to understand the disappointment behind this one, because it is an iconic character. And yeah, uh, yeah. And just think about it, dude. Beverly Hills Cop. They yeah, just, I was gonna say that one could be. I mean, he could let loose a little more. Like I don't really, I didn't want to see Eddie yeah. Murphy with an and, accent and that, in this. You know, I, I want to see Eddie yeah. Murphy just be funny. He's and that, fucking and that funny. one, that one would also lend itself more to throwback shit. Like, cause that just that fucking theme song. Like, you know, it's like so straight up. You recognize so, like, that, iconic. yeah. The, the and it's like that would have lent lent itself to more jokes like that. Uh, cause this movie, it's like it didn't, it, it didn't really, you know, it, it shouldn't have leaned on 90s stuff but or you know like the era that the movie came out in but uh it, it should have at least like you know like done something uh you know late 80s early 90s it's like the same fucking era <laughs> like you know around that time they should have referenced oh, yeah. some fucking thing because that was the feel of that movie you watch that movie and it feels like that time period and uh you watch this movie and it feels like uh some of like I said, the the beginning felt very nineties. That 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 funeral scene with uh, yeah. uh the, the 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 funeral scene that felt very nineties, and that, that was great. That was like one of the funnier parts. I was actually laughing. I was like, "Fucking Gladys Knight! They got Gladys Knight!" <laughs> and then he just dies. Yeah. Well, Gladys Knight is singing. Uh, Jarrell, that's that's his favorite singer ever. Gladys, Gladys Knight. Knight. <laughs> yeah. She pulled up. She pulled up. She looked beautiful. Yeah. So so like he was like, ah, Gladys. 
yes <laughs> you know it was just, it was the thing dude so that was that, that that was cool and that was that was about the culture i think i think that's kind of what made that that beginning really cool that was they had uh, all the cultural icons come out like salt and pepper they had fucking you know right straight and up for the culture a, i mean all these cameos Gladys night yeah that's a fucking cultural icon you know and it's a James Earl Jones himself, like they, they didn't kill him off camera. Like he him he himself is a cultural icon. <laughs> he exactly. did fences in the he did the play on Broadway. You know, like, oh yeah, God, that one's so good. You know, yeah. so yeah, it was just overall really really disappointing. I think I think they could have done a lot with it that they didn't do, and I wish they would have leaned more on the daughter thing because it feels like the movie wanted to have a feminist message at the end, but uh, mm-hmm. it didn't really uh, support that throughout the movie. You know. Yeah, I well, think that's what a, I that's what I think. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think it's a powerful thing, a powerful idea, especially now. I mean, yeah, we have Karina here, you know, and um, it's it's Women's History Month, and you know, you just it could oh, yeah. you can make a you could tell an organic story and lean into some of the characters that should have been focused more. The daughter should have been focused more. The son a lot less, and um, or not at all. It was yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't think bro was really it. I I think he was very underwhelming, and um. Yeah, that's out. Of, so out of any, how do, how do closing, to, any, uh, any any closing thoughts, Karina? Yeah, I think it hit all the nostalgic points it needed to. The barbershop scenes were on point. I thought the McDowell's was on point. McDowell's. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part of coming to America was all the scenes at McDowell's and his. I love the McDowell's. Yes. Um. So I think it, it nodded to the things we wanted to see, but overall it needed to stay with one storyline and that should have been the oldest daughter. I don't think that the addition with Lavelle and that whole plot line, it just, then it got, it got too mixed and they didn't know what to do with it. Cool. So out of, um, out of five McFlurbies, (laughs) (laughs) out of five McFlurbies, what do you guys give this movie? I got to go in with a solid two. Two out of five. Yeah. And because I'm such a big fan of the first coming to America, I had high expectations. It mm-hmm. fell flat. I'm she going should. with a two out of five. I'm going to go with a three because of John Legend's um, part at the very end. <laughs> oh, that was my wife's favorite part. She was like, how come you guys sing? I was like, oh, we just watched this whole movie. You know, I'm going I'm I'm to go Legend. down. I was going to give it a two, but I'm going to give it a one and a half just because I, I hated the John Legend thing and you reminded oh, me of it. I love- <laughs> I love it. He did so good. <laughs> so three, three, nice. I, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with generous. That's, that's pretty. That is pretty generous. If I give something a three, that means I would rewatch it, and I and I would never rewatch this movie. <laughs> I I would rather just watch the first one again. Like you know what I mean? Like it's. Like, I can't wait to watch the first one. <laughs> it made you more excited to watch the first one. Absolutely. So we got a two or three, and I'll, I'll give it a. I'll, I'll give it a. You know, you need someone to be on the lower end, so I'll give it a one and a half. A one and a half. We only do 0.5 increments, I hear. So I only do 0. <laughs> 0.5. <laughs> I would give it a 1.8, 1.9, but we don't do that. <laughs> we ain't doing that. We're not getting that specific. Very nice. That is awesome. the movie review for coming to America. And uh, yes, that is that is our episode. So listeners, thank you so much for supporting. Follow us Yay. at the Cast of Color and Karina. Before we go out, you just worked on your first illustrative project, and I, I gotta just do a shout out to you real quick. That's out. It's yeah. it, it's available for 
for pre-order. Am, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, it's available for pre-order if you follow me on Instagram at Karina Sagoon. There's like a little link in my bio to purchase it. I didn't write the book. My aunt wrote the book, but I did all of the fun illustrations and I just wanted to show one of them. I yes. Mean, it's um, like my favorite one. Hold on, hold on. I'd love um, to see a few. So please, if you have a few of those, but that, that's that's dope. I didn't know that you were... A drawer. <laughs> a drawer. <laughs> you a drawer? <laughs> so this one's my favorite one that I did. I don't know if you can see that. Oh my that. gosh, that is beautiful. That is so dope. Thank nice. you. So basically this book is about the West Bank community of Minneapolis, um, especially everything that they went through last year after what happened with George Floyd. Um, a lot of these businesses um, lost their businesses. And so this is basically a book wow. about the way the rebuild and the change in their community. Here's another one. This one's pretty cool. Oh, I love it. You see that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I did all the illustrations for this, so I'm just been promoting this book. Um, so you said your socials. Uh, so you said your socials. Uh, you got Instagram and any any other socials that you you need people to follow you at. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but my Twitter is like. I'm trying, but I'm not a Twitter comedian. I'm really not. <laughs> Twitter's a lot. It's a lot going on on Twitter. That's its own world. You got to like 100%. Got to be dedicated. And it ain't, I don't know if it's worth it. I'm not on it. Um, so add in Instagram at Karina Sagoon. That's probably the best way you can find any of my comedy and projects that I'm doing. Wonderful. Awesome. Karina Sagoon. Cool. Yes, it was Thank so Thank you so much for having me. Hey, oh yes on. this was long overdue thank you so much for coming on karina anytime yeah. very nice well uh we're signing off here listeners so again follow us the cast of color tap in weekly episodes this is going to be on apple Podcasts and spotify uh gerard you got anything else to close out with my guy <laughs> wear a mask wash your hands <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fourth thank week you. i said that <laughs> easy <laughs> all right but we're signing off here peace